Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? It's good. Excellent. Excellent. The cocktail of the week this week is the Diet Cocaine. <laughs> okay. I'll bite. What's in it? Diet Coke and champagne. Oh, okay. It's Cocagne. <laughs> it's Diet Cocaine. Except Cocagne. You don't open a bottle of champagne. <laughs> Well, yeah, I got it. I got it. They had cocaine. Uh, this drink was invented by Tom Hanks, national treasure Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a type 2 diabetic and not much of a drinker, but he mostly drinks Diet Coke. And he's like, I was out at this fancy restaurant, I think on like New Year's Eve, and they were walking around, you know, give, pouring champagne for everybody to celebrate. And he's like, what the heck? pour a slug of that into my diet coke here so i can join in and he's like and it was actually extremely delicious and refreshing so i think he went on colbert and they made it with they got out the champagne and some diet coke and they're like oh it's delicious delicious is what colbert said Mm -hmm. so uh i made one it's just like half diet coke and half champagne it was it tasted exactly like half diet coke and half champagne <laughs> like it's not bad i don't i'm not like i have thoughts yeah tell me if you don't drink you might think this tastes good <laughs> <laughs> if you're used to just drinking diet coke this probably tastes better than diet coke maybe it, it tastes um, different it tastes alcoholic it's technically not a cocktail well actually uh, a cocktail don't be that guy no Fair enough. I mean, th- neither is a margarita then. Margaritas are delicious though. <laughs> anyway, I tried it too. I was not particularly impressed. It was an improvement upon Diet Coke. It was not an improvement upon just really good champagne by itself. I don't think Diet Coke can be improved upon. I think it is a pinnacle of its category. Wah. Yeah, exactly. It stands alone. Yep. Should not be adulterated. Like it's just butter. I, I don't know if you can make it better. <laughs> Speaking of butter, it's time for administrative corner. <laughs> I love administrative butter, uh, administrative corner, and I hate anything that's done to butter that's not just eating it. All right. Well, I'm going to need you to hang on for a second. To oh pause the podcast. no! Oh no! All right. I'm back. Your eyes still closed? Yep. Okay. You can open them. No. Oh, <laughs> it's an Easter lamb. It's a butter lamb. I see. I have no problem with. This is just butter that later you can eat. <laughs> Guac is here sticking his tongue out in the general direction of the butter lamb. But why? Uh, this is like a Midwest Easter classic for like Easter dinner where you get together with your whole family. Oh. You have the butter lamb. And so for those of you who are not familiar with the butter lamb, it is just butter molded in the shape of a lamb so like at fancy restaurants like in the 80s you'd get like a butter in the shape of a shell like a jesus lamb i mean <laughs> i guess yeah the lamb of god yes that's yeah. it that's it so uh also it's just pagan it's a lamb because it's springtime but we don't like to talk about that part butter though yeah so it's just butter and certainly at like some of my easter holidays like you'd sit down at the table you get your roll. It was the only time that we ate real butter. You know, we ate like country wow. crock margarine, country crock spread Ooh, at the house. Ouch. That's a that's really several bad. steps down from butter. It's extremely bad. Uh, but we would get actual butter on like 
Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. Wow. And so it was always very exciting because real butter is really good. And I didn't know you grew up in the 1930s in Depression era of America. <laughs> I don't think they had margarine then anyway. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So you'd sit down, you get your roll, you're going to put some butter on it. And there, this one's a little bigger. Like the ones you can buy at the Jewel Osco, which is like the grocery store, are maybe about half this size. Oh, yeah. This is this is pretty... I mean, we'll... we'll should post a picture maybe it's like yeah. half the size of ink uh, it's not that big <laughs> uh i made this one i bought a butter mold no guac uh i bought a butter mold to make this lamb for you i think guac could fit the entire thing in his mouth i think he's thinking about it in pursuit of our novel butter novelty items Guac, so. yes, it would be delicious. <laughs> see i was prepared for some fresh hell but this is actually fine i, I figured you'd be okay with this i don't this. mind it, because now it's going to be put on bread and eaten as butter is intended, as God intended with butter. Quite, uh, yeah. So it's just, shaping butter. I don't. Have, I don't have a problem with the butter princesses. No, you just get the butter a little soft. You put it in the mold. Then you get it cold. It comes in two halves. So then you got to stick them together. Get it cold again, and then yeah. But you can't. Re I mean, it is a little impractical, right? It's harder to eat when it's cold, which it has to be to keep that shape. Yeah, I mean, the thing with these is like, it's really for like a party, right? So you get your butter, you keep it in the fridge. And then when it's like dinner time at the party, you put it out and it can get soft one time. But the idea is that you kind of eat the whole lamb at once. Yeah, there's yeah. A bunch of people once, over. It's, once it's softened up a bit. Yeah, it. I don't. Does it get all melty and terrifying? No, I mean, it just gets like, you know, like you can have butter, like a stick of butter you leave on the counter and it stays stick shaped. This will stay lamb shaped. I do this, but I'm not sure everyone else does this. Leave butter on the counter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a whole thing. Okay, good. Uh, I certainly did not grow up in a butter on the counter household. It's no, not like the safest thing. Our butter, butter on the counter goes rancid. Well, not just because we don't eat enough. If, if we really try, it's fine. I don't really eat the counter butter. It's <laughs> not... Oh. Would not pass food safety regulations, uh. though uh, I learned a lot of good food safety rules from my mom who is a dietitian and learned how to not get poisoned and passed that knowledge on to me. But also gave you crock pot, whatever, but instead of butter. Country crock. Country crock. It's a brownish grayish. Tub. It's a grayish tub. And you can reuse the tub for literally everything. I don't know how I know this, but I, I have had country crock probably in my life too because the tub is very familiar as a yes. universal um, thing to put in the fridge. <laughs> Tupperware. That's right. It's a Tupperware substitute. Yeah. It, an interesting thing on this note of like food safety rules passed down. Uh, I'm taking a class on cults this semester. Yeah. The psychology of cults. I would like to see you connect this up. Watch out for Guaco Man. He's uh, <laughs> I moved experimenting the butter and he's moved with how close he can get with his tongue. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, oh, Guac, you're very cute. We uh, so we're taking this class on cults, and like each week so far, we've been doing like a different reason, sort of reason that motivates people to join cults. So it could be that, and it's not that all of them apply all the time. It depends on the cult and the people. But like, you could have a charismatic leader, right? And everybody just like loves the leader. Mm -hmm. Um, you can have like really inspiring ideas, right? So like the People's Temple which is Jonestown, right? Where like 900 people died from we drinking the We know how it ended. It was not good. But it was like a super progressive, like integrated, like pro-civil rights, like, like the hippie. beginning of it, like kind of 
civil rights movement oh. kind of church. Yeah, oh. I mean, like the initial ideas of it, like you go, yeah, like people should take care of people in their community and like everybody should have more rights. And it was like very progressive and huh. then turned into this like terrible thing. Um, but like inspiring ideas like that, right? Where you're like, yeah, like this is, or Heaven's Gate, which was the people who, the 39 people in San Diego in the 90s who committed suicide to get on the spaceship they thought was behind the Hale-Bopp Comet. Hale-Bopp Comet. They were, they were UFOs are going to take us into heaven from the beginning in the 70s. Am I going to see that again, Hale-Bopp, 70 year nope. cycle? No, 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 no. It just, zoop, zoop, zoop. you're thinking of Halley's Comet. Halley's is Which is 70, 76 years, maybe? Yeah, something? but that was just recently, so I'm not going to see it again. It wasn't that recently. I was in elementary school. It was like 1985. You sure? Yeah, very sure, because I was extremely excited about it, like third oh, grade. I'll probably see it again, 2050. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to you. So, one of the super interesting articles that we read is actually from a book. Oh, we had to pause for a second so I could find the book because I knew someone would ask. So, the book is a book where if I read the title, I'd be like, "This book is dumb," and there's no way that I'm going to read it. Geez, <laughs> way to give it a chance. The, I, you know, there's a saying about this. I no kidding. Uh, the book is called The Secret of Our Success, How Learning from Others Drove Human Evolution, Domesticated Our Species, and Made Us Smart by Joseph Henrich. Boy, that's a mouthful. <laughs> and I, I would just be like, no, uh, profoundly uninterested that ti- in this book. That title sounds like it's just some academic. It, it's such an interesting book. It's very well written. It's not academically written at all. Um I mean, like, it's smart, but it's, like, very, you know, it's, like, there's a lot of storytelling, and it's really interesting. But it talks about, in in this chapter three that we read, that, you know, there's, like, European explorers who are going to explore the Arctic, and they get frozen in, and uh, they go through all their supplies, and then, like, summer comes, and they still can't get out, and they get frozen in again, and they all die. The end. Is this Shackleton? No. No, he was in, he probably he went to Antarctica, both. Antarctica, yeah. But, uh, but it's like, these are very smart, very kind of adaptable, adventurous people who had a ton of supplies to start with, and they are locked in in an area that like native tribes live in, <laughs> right? So it's not like it's impossible to survive So in this place because there's Inuit villages and populations around there oh how embarrassing and so the question is like why is it that the inuits could survive (laughs) and these very smart people who had a lot of equipment and you know it's not like they had never left their houses (laughs) it'd be like starving to death in central park yeah why are they starving to death and it talks about um how the inuits just like like if you want to hunt a seal like here you can see this picture and go here's how you like catch a fish out of this hole like you take reindeer horns and you make this like three-sided kind of spear jabby thing with like an extra horn pointing on the inside from each one you tie that all together and like if you want to hunt seals like you get a hole in the ice and you have to make sure it's one that the seals come to and you can tell by the smell of it and then you like pile up snow around it and you wait for them to come in and there's this whole process and he's like they didn't know any of that the, like the Inuits knew it because it's like communal knowledge that gets passed down. Yeah, that's just how you do things. Yeah. That's just how you do it. And they didn't know that. And so they died. And they go on to talk about a thing that I have wondered about all the time. 
because I think I had seen a tweet at one point, and the tweet was just like, somebody was the first person to eat an egg. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm like, if you had never seen an egg before, and then you find an egg and you crack that thing open, that is nasty on the inside. Are you going to be like, you know what I think I'm going to do is eat this slimy, gelatinous mass on the inside of this egg? Me? Just any person. I mean, <laughs> you probably would. <laughs> <laughs> but like... It, like I, when I saw that tweet, which was very funny, I was like, "It." I am very curious about like, how is it that we know that like these berries are not berries that you can eat and these other berries are berries that are fine to eat? Yeah. I mean, some of that is watching animals, right? I mean, you can. Yeah, like, but there's like, stuff like birds will eat all kinds of berries that we can't eat. We'll yeah, die. But if you watch like a wolf eat an egg or a fox eat an egg, maybe you're like, ooh, maybe it's okay. I like your theory, but there's actually this entire book here that I read that talks about how it works. I don't know. I think the title is the entire book. <laughs> and and so it talks about, for example, corn. Uh, most types of corn, you can't just eat that corn and live off the corn. Because Boy, it, Americans are really conducting an experiment <laughs> well you have to like cook it in a certain way uh because if you don't like there's a a chemical in it and it will leach the niacin the vitamin b3 from your body and then you get this disease called pellagra um where your hair falls out and your tongue swells up and you can't sleep and you have lots of diarrhea and then you get dementia and then you die that's what um Vegemite cures pellagra. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, well. But 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 because it was common in some places in India before we're doing colonialization. Anyway, go ahead. The, so this so, is a so thing. So maize is bad. Just eating corn if is bad. If you just eat corn, you don't have any niacin. And it leaches it even. There's niacin in corn is the thing. Corn has niacin in it. Yeah. But if you just eat corn, you're going to end up deficient in niacin and it's because of like a chemical binding of the niacin. And so the way that, and if you just cook the corn, like that doesn't get fixed. You have to put like a, a base as opposed to like an acid, a base into the corn oh to God. like do this thing. And so some of the ways that this would happen is like they would burn shells or like certain kinds of wood and then they would put like a spoonful of the ashes that they had burned into the corn but nobody knew that's why they did it right nobody was like oh well you know we have this be three deficiency release the niacin. yeah we need to do this thing it's just like somebody at some point figured out like oh we're gonna live longer if we like for some reason this is because it's not, this is a very delayed effect, right? You don't like eat the corn and then fall over dead. Like No, it's they, long term. They, they wouldn't learn. It's not like a toxic plant, right? Yeah. But there, there's a lot of this kind of stuff where um, it's like there's not any immediate response. And it can be like, if you want to do your own research, then you go, this seems dumb that we're putting this like spoonful right. of ash in here. Like we don't have to do that. Or there's, God, there's this great table in here. Okay. So you see this, this chart here? Yep. All right. So this is for uh, processing like some kind of tuber. Oh, a raw tuber. Okay. So I don't remember what kind it is. Uh, so there's some kind of, 
okay, man, man manioc. Manioc. Okay. So it's like a potato. Manioc. And it is like this multi-day process to prepare the manioc. And if you just eat it, uh, so if you try to just eat it, if you pick it and eat it, it's super bitter. Mm-hmm. So that's bad. Nobody wants to eat it. If you boil it, it's fine. doesn't taste bitter anymore. Yeah. Okay. But turns out it has a bunch of cyanide in it, but not enough cyanide to kill you right away. Enough cyanide that you will get <laughs> chronic cyanide poisoning oh and eventually God. die. So you could just boil it and then you go, it tastes fine. And then like the way it is cooked is that like, You've got all the cyanide, and then you kind of scrape it down, and then you grate it, and then you wash it, and then you boil it. And when you boil it, the liquid that you boiled it in doesn't have any cyanide in it, so you can use that liquid. You can drink it, like you can use it as a soup. Like it's a starchy, at that point, it's a kind of a starchy liquid. Yeah, kind of a starchy, and if you're like really trying to get calories yeah, and nutrients. Yeah. So you can do that, oh my and God. then after you boil it, you have to wait three days just like let, let that sit there. Let it sit there. And then the cyanide level is down to a level where you're not going to get chronic cyanide poisoning. So it is this huge, like, time-consuming, work-intensive, many-day process. You, you you basically, you almost use more calories with the process <laughs> than you get out of the manioc tuber at the end of the week. Yeah. So you got to go through, like, all of these steps, like... Pick the thing, scrape it out, grate it, wash it, separate the water, throw that water out because that water will kill you. <laughs> then boil it. Then you can use the water, but then you got to let the stuff sit for three days and like do its thing. And then it's safe to eat. That's and so amazing. If you're like a, I'm going to do my own research, you're going to be like, these native people are stupid. You can just boil this and <laughs> it tastes completely work. fine. It takes a week before they eat this And stuff. this happened. So like Europeans came over at, to South America and uh, they see like all these people in the Amazon with the manioc and they're like, these people are dumb. They're spending like five days preparing this <laughs> stupid potato. You can just boil it and it tastes fine. And they brought it back to Europe and then all these people were getting sick and dying because they weren't cooking it the right way. And so th- this chapter is sort of about the origins of faith. That like we just kind of have to have faith in some of this stuff that we're taught because like... It's this huge amount of knowledge that's been like built over time and refined and passed down. And some of it's dumb and and it's not going to have a good reason. It's going to be like, well, like I was visited in a dream by an ancestor who told me to put an ash, like a spoonful of ash in to honor whatever. And like, that's not it. Like, it's just an alkali that releases like the niacin in the corn. But so you're not going to get the right reason for it, but it actually is correct. And it's like, if you don't, have that like communal knowledge passed down you're gonna die but you also just kind of have to have faith in it and also it's wrong sometimes so it's <laughs> it might right? be unnecessary right that, that's like mixed with other rituals yeah or there's like plenty of dangerous stuff that like culture will tell you to do that's like actually dumb and wrong and bad right <laughs> like uh so it's fascinating this book is fascinating huh. um but so since you challenged me to connect this back up this is like when I was a kid, like my mom was in grad school to become a dietitian and she had to do like all these internships, like in a hospital and like in a commercial kitchen and all of this stuff. And, um, you know, she brought home all of this knowledge that has been passed down to me about food safety stuff, even though I have never worked in those environments. Mm-hmm. 
but it's based on science, so that's good. Yes. Except the sell-by dates. The sell-by dates are roughly based on science, not getting people sick. Ingo, you once ate gray meat that was had been in your fridge for like three months past when it expired. I think it was frozen at some It point. was in your fridge at some point. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Oh, I'm not a food safety expert. I just saw, I'd heard somewhere that the uh, FDA has, they did a study of sell-by dates and it doesn't actually correlate with food going bad. For your food not, definitely not, does not go bad on the sell by date. Yeah. But it gets worse. It does go bad at some point. Fair enough. You want nobody to get sick from the food. So the sell by date is before it will go bad. Because if it's the day it goes bad, somebody's gonna get sick eating it on that day. I think this study kind of said there actually wasn't any signs to these dates. Interesting. That the manufacturers just kind of slap them on there because we expect it. Okay. All right, I found the article. Let's read it. Expiration dates lead to lots of food waste, though these dates vary widely by state. Does that sound like the thing? Yep. In Idaho, milk can be sold more than 20 days after it's pasteurized. In Montana, it's just 12 days. The science is the same, but food dates are all over the place, and it leads to a lot of food waste. Mary Louise Kelly, host. I'm Mary Louise Kelly, NPR News. <laughs> Good one. Uh, thank you. I thought it was Mary Louise Kelly, whoever that is. <laughs> NPR. So, sorry, Mary Louise. All right. Uh, so Emily Broad Lieb, food expiration date and food law expert. She's a food expiration date expert. She started the (laughs) food law and policy clinic at Harvard Law School. Does that just mean she can find the label really easily? Because it's really hard on some foods. I mean, she's from Harvard. She's an expert at it. She says that all the food waste that happens in the U.S. at the farm level, manufacturing level, and grocery stores, about 40% of it happens at home. So people are throwing stuff out, and then it's talking about methane. Food dates are all over the place. So that people require different things. The federal government doesn't actually require dates on any food except baby formula. There you go. That's interesting. Take pause. Look at the food. Smell it. Taste it. Okay. Lick it. Bro- Broadleaf says you do want to pay attention to dates on food in the prepared food section. Also, deli meat, raw fish, unpasteurized milk, and cheese. For everything else, though, look at it, smell it, taste it. You would know if something went bad, she says. And there's actually a lot of consensus about what to do about confusing food dates. Food makers, grocery stores, federal agencies, they say we should get rid of all the enjoy-by, packaged-on dates and only have two options, best if used by or used by. Best if used by would tell consumers... This mustard would be best by this date, but you could still eat it after. And used by would tell consumers on this date, probably don't eat the mustard. These are good. This is be very helpful instead of most enjoyable at this date. That's true, but that's not quite saying there's no science behind these dates. Which was your argument? Right. It's just the science is different for every state, apparently, because they've all got different dates. Oh, Ingo, you are confusing the law and the science. <laughs> the law is different. So by is states. Emily because she's a, a law school student. <laughs> uh, Emily founded the clinic. Emily Broadleaf is a food expiration date and food law expert, and she started the food law and policy clinic at Harvard Law School. I do not think she is a student. I'm a food consumption expert. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I'm a she's a professor expert. in harvard law she's a professor i mean oh my god do we need to look up are you really being <laughs> that guy who's like 
I don't know. It sounds like she's maybe a student. She's a Harvard student. Of course she's going to say she's an expert. Emily M. Broadleib, clinical professor of law, director well, of the Center for Health Law and Policy Innovation, and director of the Food Law and Policy I Clinic. I take it back, You can't professor. found a clinic at a law school as a student. Broadleib. You gotta, if, if it was like Bob Broadleib, would you have been thought that he was yes, a Yes, if, if, if someone were... If I were a, a food label expert, I would question my own credentials. <laughs> yes, that's, that was gender independent. She has a BA in history from Columbia University and a JD from Harvard Law. She's admitted to the bar in New York. She's very smart. I agree with what she says <laughs> about food labels. All right, moving on. They're garbage. Uh, <laughs> that is not what she said. Eat whatever you want. Not what she said. All right, if it's gray, don't eat it. <laughs> True, but also not what she said. <laughs> kind of what she said. Look at it, smell it, check it. Yeah, but you're like, it's fine. It, the thing <laughs> is, you're just like, I'm going to leave these eggs out on the counter for like 12 hours. They're boiled. It. <laughs> you guys, the, the risk to my life that happened in this house, because Inga's like, I boiled it, and thus it cannot spoil or grow bacteria, yeah. is wild. Yeah. Bacteria grows on cooked things. Boiling water kills everything. And and then there is an environment that has bacteria in it, and it gets on. And uh, I guess we don't have a sterile kitchen. I admit the kitchen not sterile. Oh my god. Okay. She's gonna believe in germ theory. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's miasma. <laughs> All right. Now, never mind. This is not something I can win at. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, a friend of the squad made us a blanket that looks like a giant pizza. It is amazing. Uh, it's round. It has a crust. It has a cheesy side. Yeah. It has pepperonis on it. Little pepperonis on the top. It is amazing. Venka's resting her head on it right now. You guys keep an eye out for the pizza slice. It's not even a pizza slice, though. It's a whole pizza. It's a whole pizza. Uh, keep an eye out for it on the snaps. It came from a friend of the squad. It's big enough to where no dog's going to eat it, so it's safe. Yep. All right. Should we finally move on to dog updates? It's a pizza blanket. Pizza. It's a blanket. Pizza anklet. <laughs> Planklet. <laughs> Blitza? Blitza. Oh, <laughs> good one. Blitza. Uh, all right. Uh, dog updates. The elevator is not fixed. <sighs> God damn it. They did come. I mean, we weren't sure they were going to come. They came. It did not work. We tried replacing <laughs> a fuse that we knew was blown out. It still did not work. I mean, we, we it worked for like We replaced the fuse one minute. and then the circuit breaker in the house blew. So It also was making very bad sounds. The <laughs> problem is is there and we're not we're not messing here's what happened i climbed up real high to where the box is then i replaced the fuse and i'm standing up there and i was like okay ingo try it and ingo tried it for a minute i was like stop 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 and of course he can't hear me and then i was like that was making a terrible sound you know let me see what happened and i was like try it again because you were like right by the motor and i'm like ingo try it again but just like for one second don't let it keep running because this sound is really bad and i don't want to break anything just one second just push the up button and it was like okay and then he gets in the elevator he's just holding the thing down i was like, and I'm like it doesn't sound it! as bad it doesn't yeah. sound as bad Stop anymore 
<laughs> I think I'm getting used to the sound. I think it's okay. Like I'm like, can we please agree that you'll run it for one second? And Inga was like, yes, I agree. I will run it for one second. And I was like, okay, go ahead. But just one second. And Inga was like, yes, I agree. Just one second. And then he gets in there. <laughs> we didn't and have just, that many rounds of confirmation. <laughs> holds the button down until he gets, he's like, ooh, interesting. I'm going to like listen to it make this sound. And I'm like got screaming at him. I definitely got distracted. Because uh, you can't hear me over the loud, scary sounding <laughs> motor. Luckily, the fuse blew and the whole thing stopped making that sound (laughs) fix that problem with another problem so the elevator's still broken allegedly they're coming back on thursday uh Uh, who knows so we've been carrying poor hops up and down the stairs you have you have done amazing work with like a sling and just generally ignoring hops's squirminess she doesn't like to be picked up she's very squirmy well she's doing i mean she's getting up and down the stairs so we will keep you guys updated on the elevator uh ingo is not coming to new york with me tomorrow so sad Un- except for hops hops is quite pleased about it yeah she's like yes my ingo yes i think hops is gnawing on the elevator cables <laughs> at night <laughs> like, nang, 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 nang. Uh, speaking of hops hops is having a really hard time you guys if we did not have new um like orthopedic support options in route we would be talking about it maybe being time to say goodbye to hops, which sucks because like her insides are fine. Her brain is fine. I was tugging it with her today. Like she wants to play. You put her in the water. She's great. But she basically can't stand up a lot of the time. Like can't even get picked up, put in a stand and stay there. She has arthritis that is so bad that the pain is debilitating. Yeah. She Um, can't use it. Unless she's distracted. Like if she wants to go in the water, she'll go in the water. She'll grit through the pain for some things. It, like an adrenaline rush will allow her to do a few things. Yeah. But which, which actually is a problem because I think there's a sort of then it hurts more afterwards. It absolutely does. Yeah. yeah. It, it hurts a lot after that, which is why I try to like not let her do that. Um, which is why when we put her in the water, I tell her not to go swimming mm-hmm. and we don't throw the ball for her. That's right. So she's not out there with guac and Remy anymore because she inevitably swims and then she's really sore for like days and days after. Yeah. But she now, I mean, stop it, Guac. <laughs> I know, I love you, pal. You cannot have the butter lamb. Uh, <laughs> she is on, she has a fentanyl patch attached. She is on adequine injections, which are for arthritis. She is on gabapentin. She's on galaprant, which is an anti-inflammatory. Um, she's getting laser treatment at the vet. Like, we are doing all the things, but it's just extremely severe arthritis um and she's only got one leg that's the problem that's right two she could she could compensate i guess yeah that's right so we ordered the orthopedic brace for her um which we like had her leg custom like a fiberglass cast made at the vet looked like a cool process yeah yeah um so we're getting that made and it's I, I don't think we talked about it on this podcast last week. I don't think so. So it's kind of like if you know anyone who's like torn their ACL and they have a knee brace, so it's like a big like wrap around thing and it's hinged at the knee. It's kind of like that. Um but I think it's got it's fiberglass maybe, like it's a little firmer. Um and it's custom made for their leg. So each one's individual. It looks pretty elaborate. Yes. Uh so we sent that off they received it on monday the cast so it's nine days to manufacture and then ship it hopefully we'll get it faster than that but certainly you know in a couple weeks we will have that for her um though they responded to my message and they said 
you know, or they responded and they were just like, hey, you know, we want you to know we got the cast. But they said, based on the cast, it looks like Hopper doesn't have a lot of access to her humorous, um, which means this may not give her a ton of relief. Like, I think it'll help a little bit, but it sounds like just with the way that her elbow, I don't understand it at all, but so we'll see. Uh, so that's coming, but if she's in really bad shape. And so we kind of talked yesterday and I was like, I think we got to get her a cart, like a wheelie cart. Yeah. Because if this thing doesn't work or it doesn't work very well, like then, you know, what are we new? Like wait more time. So um, back carts for like bat legs, you can just buy and buy them from Amazon or Chewy or whatever. Yeah, they just put it, put it under the butt of the dog and the butt scoot, dog scoots around. Yep. Uh, and if you get an all leg cart, so like a all four on the ground, those you can apparently just buy two. Oh. You can just buy those. But if you get a front wheel cart, they have to custom make the front wheel cart. So I took all of Hopper's measurements yesterday and I put the order in for that. And then today they wrote me back and they're like, we're having a hard time verifying like the height measurement to the shoulder because she's so floofy. So could you please put a t-shirt on her and like remeasure her and take another picture? Could you make it wet? Could you make the t-shirt wet and make it just really slim fitting? So... Uh, so both of those things are in progress. The cart people say it takes about two weeks. Oh, they're not the same people. I Different people. For some reason, I had in my head these guys make everything. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. no. The the orthopedic people do prosthetic limbs and then these braces, um, and then the cart people just do carts. So okay. Uh, yeah. So anyway, both of those things are on the way. Um, we are, you know, we can definitely make it through a couple weeks with hops, assuming. She maintains a little bit of ability to stand so she can well, just do it would her business. Be, it, would, it will help if the freaking elevator works, for one thing. It's, it's just a little bit traumatic for her every time being carried up and down, I think. Yeah, but I, I mean, she couldn't hop to the elevator at this point. She, she will have to be... I, I think what's going to happen when the elevator gets fixed is that we're going to deploy the Manchego cheese wagon again so we'll be able to, just like we did with Manchego, that'll be out on the porch and we can put her in there wheel her into the elevator, ride it down, wheel her to where she needs to go and then put her out in the grass and or in the sand or whatever and let her do her business and yeah, so put it back I guess in. what I I guess is more of a relief for me for than sure for her. Yes. But I do yeah. think she gets a little squeezed. She does not like being carried down the stairs. I don't think it's making the arthritis worse, but um yeah. So she's having a really hard time and we are doing all we have been doing all of the possible things and they are not working. I mean, they have been working to some degree and she's just, you know, the arthritis keeps progressing and getting worse. It's really so. too bad. We we were worried about her hips when she was younger. They seem Hips fine. are great. Shoulders, shoulder, singular, is great. Yeah. We just did x-rays on it. It's just this elbow. So I'm most hopeful for the cart. I don't know if she will enjoy being in the cart or if she'll push herself around, but if she can... It would be real cute if she's like kicking her back legs around and like pushing herself around that'd be really cute i i will be so relieved if she's just in that cart and like kind of getting around and not in pain yeah um so we'll see i mean i i think that her time with us is not going to be super long even if all those things work because she can't stand up yeah right and like you can't have that orthopedic brace on there all the time you can't have her in the cart all the time and you know we can keep her going but it's you know you're it's a thing where we really have to keep 
a continuous eye on like how you know if she can't if she's just like laying in a pile on the floor how happy is she right now she's very happy except for trying to stand and when we stop petting her well yes that, she still she's has, always been like she that she always still has an emotional <laughs> issue but uh yeah but the yeah. doctor was talking about you know they used to do surgeries for arthritis right they kind of go in and scrape it out but that would make it it would come back worse like the body is not impressed by that surgery that's just like new (laughs) exactly new so uh yeah it's it sucks it's not i had a big breakdown cry about it in the yard last night no and hops was just like please pet me and like leaned (laughs) on me and i was like oh my god She's like, your crying is getting in the way of my pet getting petted, Jen. Stop uh, crying. Yeah. Where's the man? Where's that man? All right. Uh, that's it for dog updates. Everybody else has been fine. Yeah, Vank found the neighbor's pool again. Uh, she did today. She made it over there. She's super happy. Of course, he loves her too, so it's just encouraged. Yeah. Just a <laughs> Vank. Um. All right. I don't have anything for ramblings. Do you have anything for ramblings? Are you testing me? I mean, you also get in go corner, so. Oh, yeah, there's, and I have something for Taste of the Keys. Okay. Well, let's, let me move on to this week in biting. Yeah, okay. Now, as you will remember from last week, there's a lot of things in this week in biting. I think I've got the one I want to talk about more in depth, but if you are extremely intrigued by any of these other ones, let me know. Okay. All right. All right. Um, the just week in biting. The week in biting. Man tries to bite an officer. The Fayette County record. Nah. Um, it happens all the time. <laughs> uh, a lot of dog stuff. Telefeev demonstration. Police officers are very biteable. Police officers, uh, certainly it makes the news. I think more non-cops get bitten than cops, but I think it makes the news when the cops get bitten because then you get taken to jail. I think they're especially tasty. Telefeev demonstration. Protesters burn fires, bite police officers. Oh, man. I know. Um, nah. Yeah. Uh, Inside Kodiak Black's criminal history from biting a fan to Donald Trump pardon. That was a big biting story this week. Apparently, Kodiak Black bit someone. What sport is he in? Um, I think he's a rapper. Rapper? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) We are so lame. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I see. All right, hang on. Let's let's click on this just to make sure. Yes, uh, he is. I mean, he is some sort of performer who holds a microphone. And bit someone. And he bit someone. Uh, but let me let me get the important story of the week because, uh, as I have mentioned on my "Don't bite anyone unless they ask you to" Twitter account at "Don't bite anyone," I pretty much every day tweet a news article from this list, and the text of the tweet is "Don't bite anyone unless they ask you to." <laughs> that is what I tweet every day. Every tweet is "Don't bite anyone unless they ask you to," and then a link to a news story about it. Huh? Except this week. Uh, there, there was a change. I tweeted, "We're okay with this one." Oh, I like it. Uh, this is, I believe, from Italy. Oh, France. Okay. Is it a dog bites man story? Woman bites off would-be rapist's tongue while fighting predator and hands it to cops as evidence. In nice, France. nice. This woman nice. was walking home at four a.m. or walking her dog at four a.m. Some dude steps out of the shadows and starts following her, attacks her. He tried to like hug her and kiss her. He put his hands down her pants. She fought him off. Apparently, he stuck his tongue in her mouth because she bit it off. Nice. Ran home, 
with the torn off tongue. Uh, she then took the bloody chunk of flesh to her local police station while accompanied by her son. I bet she slapped it on the counter and was like, wake up, you stupid cops. <laughs> Uh, Check this for DNA. (laughs) (laughs) Officers went to the scene and arrested the man. Oh, I guess, you know, he also has no tongue. So, you know, he's easier to find. Quite easy to identify. So, good job. It is the first time in a couple years of having this account that I have said. I believe that is a reasonable consequence. Arguably, he asked for it. That is literally, someone someone made a a reply like, well, it's a, you know, it kind of goes with the rule. And I was like, he was asking for it. He was totally asking for it. But anyone will ask you to, if you're trying to rape somebody, you're asking for it. So I think that is, that is, we're okay with this one. So there you go. This week in biting. Um, All right. It sounds like we each have a taste of the keys. Yeah. All right. Let me do mine. Okay. um, Which is a short one. And it is a classic example of someone who has not learned the lesson of Shut the Fuck Up Friday. (laughs) And one of many lessons. Not that he wouldn't have been caught anyway. This was a lot of not shutting up. Motorist arrested for drugs. A 31-year-old big cop at Key Man was arrested Friday following a traffic stop in which he admitted using his tax return money to buy a pound of marijuana. (laughs) Alexander. Which I'm sure no one asked him. (laughs) Alexander was charged with possession of marijuana and driving without a valid driver's license. The sheriff's office stopped him in an infinity driving 35 and a 25. Come on. That is some bullshit pulling over. I mean, it's not like he's going 50 and a 25. 35 no. and a 25. 35! On Cali Trace on Rockland Key at approximately 8.13 p.m. There was, so, kind of bullshit. Then there was a strong odor of marijuana emanating from the vehicle as well as from Alexander. So, (laughs) dude, don't smoke pot while you're driving, you guys. Like, it's like in the 50s with some dude bringing his gin and tonic in his car and driving around. No inebriating yourself while you're driving. You can smell it outside the car, too. That's the Mm. thing. Like, even if all the windows are up, you can kind of smell. We... we, we, um, Notice this in D.C. when they were like legalizing, quasi-legalizing pot. Yeah. You could smell cars driving by. Terrible. Don't do that, you guys. It is dangerous. Don't do that. Um, And marijuana is not legal in Florida, so he's going to get in trouble, even though he was only driving 35 and 25, (laughs) which seems like some bullshit pulling over. Okay. So Alexander admitted to driving without a valid driver's license, admitted to possessing the marijuana, described where it was located in his vehicle, and stated that he bought the pound of marijuana for $500 using his IRS return. He was taken to jail. Look, just because you're lonely and need someone to talk to, don't tell the cops all those things. Shut the fuck up. That's too much. Can you just talk about the weather or sports or something? Why do you have to explain what you you did on your summer vacation with your pot? (laughs) Uh, we both follow now the sock puppet. What's the name of the account? I don't sock so- puppet master ninety nine, which is these poorly drawn comics that go along with the. But like the audio, right from from arrests and nine one one calls. It, so it's a very funny account, sock puppet master ninety nine, um, that does like animations to go along with audio, f- actual audio. A lot of it is from live pd is that the show it's like cops but it's just live it's on tv for like six hours apparently like my my dad watches it a lot my mom's like we watch so much like it's more cops than cops yes it's just like it's live 
And so they just like have camera crews with like cops in different locations. Oh, that's And then, funny. you know, if they pull someone over, like they film That's it. why the cops are all nice in these encounters. They're all on camera for sure. Yeah. Live PD, I think is the name of the show. But there's other stuff. Like there's some stuff from YouTube. There's some stuff. Yeah, Live PD is the show. There's 911 calls where the, the yeah. person's like, there's someone driving drunk on, on Makeham Road. <laughs> It's me. <laughs> it's me. I'm pretty drunk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a few air traffic control ones. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but so yeah, sock puppet master ninety nine on Instagram. The shoes may be on TikTok too. Um, pretty funny. And um, I mean, it's a little. I would say the attitude is a little more like pro cop than my attitude. Definitely. Um, because like there are a lot of cops who are assholes, and there are not cops being assholes in here too much. Occasionally, there's a cop who gets amusingly frustrated, but that's about it. Yeah, they're unflaggingly polite, and but also their job is really easy because the people are just telling them everything they're doing wrong. If this were representative of the world, the world would be a good place. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's representative of a lot. I don't think they have to do much investigating. I mean, you're walking <laughs> up to some guy going, how's it going? And the guy's like, I am so high right now. <laughs> I've been smoking nothing but pot. Would you like to see it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's uh, not that hard. <laughs> anyway, Alexander, uh, shut the fuck up, man. Like, you, don't you have didn't to have to let... Shut the fuck up, man. The fact that we know what he got is... Ta what he did with his tax refund is way too much information. Seriously. All right, Ingo, what's your taste of the keys? Well, mm -hmm. I bet when you think, when you're eating fish, you think you're eating the fish that's labeled. However. However. It's not true. I, I Florida Keys fish exporter was just ordered $250,000 to pay a $250,000 fine by a Florida federal judge. <gasps> That's a lot of money. And placed the company on five years of probation for falsely labeling seafood it sent to China as Florida spiny lobster. Yeah. But what was it actually? It was, well, it's interesting. It was something that they got, the company is accused of exporting 63,000 pounds of spiny lobster it bought from Nicaragua and Belize between November 2018 and 2019, and exporting to China in boxes labeled Live Florida Spiny Lobsters. Oh my God, really? Product of the USA. So it, they just resold lobsters. I don't think this is like, I thought it was going to be like when you buy like the crab at the grocery store and it's actually like white fish and not yes. crab. This is Spiny Lobsters. They just have like a different citizenship and so then they don't count. That's some bullshit. That's racist. It's the Florida part that I think they got trouble for. But they also exported about 5,600 pounds of shark's fins. It received... <gasps> all right. Well, then absolutely fuck them and they need to be charged way more. Okay. Labeled them back. as live Florida spiny lobster <laughs> or frozen fish. No. So this is a... Oh, this fuck. Fuck them. Elite Sky International Inc. Uh, based in Marathon. So don't buy your fish from Elite Sky International. Shark... Because fins. who knows what you're getting, yeah. Fuck them. Yep. I don't care yep. about your spiny lobsters that are from Nicaragua instead of the Keys, but fuck you for finning a shark. Yeah, and they apparently did 6,000 pounds of that. Jesus. Yeah. All right. I'm, so, I'm back on the side of the law. So, yes. But also, I mean, that is a big problem with fish in general, but that's not this problem, which is, you know, everything is cod, is labeled as cod, but there are no wild, you know, there's no cod anymore, so mm -hmm. it's always like... 
crappy fish. Can, can I tell you? Crappies. It's crappies. <laughs> so when I was in maybe third grade, my mom took me to Walgreens to buy a birthday card for my dad. Okay. I thought you were going to buy fish at Walgreens and I was going to have a problem with that, but I, this is fine. I think you can buy like fish sticks at Walgreens. <laughs> sure. Like that's a lot different. Yeah. Um, so we were in like the Hallmark aisle and I found this birthday card and it had a big a picture of a giant fish on the front. Sure. And it said, do you know what this is? And you open it up and it said, it's your birthday card. <laughs> I think about a lot. That's I not bad. did not understand what it meant. Oh, really? Absolutely not. Oh, you didn't know what a codfish was. Yeah. Yeah. It's your birthday cod. Okay. <laughs> okay. But then a related story, which has nothing to do with fish. When I was in eighth grade, I went to Walgreens to buy a birthday cod for my <laughs> friend, my BFF, you know, eighth grade BFF, Jessica. And I picked out this card that I also did not understand, but it had uh, a, on the front a cartoon drawing of this big buff lumberjack, you know, red plaid shirt, jeans, yeah. holding an axe, mm -hmm. and this itty, t itty bitty tiny head, <laughs> looking real happy. But he's like this big giant guy in the, and he opened it up and it said, "For your birthday." Oh no! I got you. So like Canadian lumberjack, snow covered mountains. The cartoon, trees. He's holding an axe, big lumberjacky shirt with a tiny head and it said for your birthday i got you a cold lager with a small head and i think it's a beer joke i think it is a beer joke it's small I, foam a I, little bit of foam yeah i know now you know i understand <laughs> now but like 12 year old jen did not understand the joke i just thought it was funny <laughs> that it had a lager a lager with a tiny head. Yeah. It was pretty funny. <laughs> so I got her that. And I know my mom was like, you don't understand what this means. I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> Look at the tiny head on that guy. <laughs> well, I guess it worked on many levels. Yeah. I, I thought it was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> His head was so tiny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. Never afraid of a weird fun pun or phrase it wasn't a pun for me though it was just a lager it was spelled wrong but can, whatever can i tell the swedish fish story <laughs> <laughs> i think you've told it but i like you to tell it again this is all in line but you knew what this meant when one of the i think it was around valentine's day you were giving me like a card a day or i was just going through a crappy period you're like trying to make me feel tape better it on the front door so when you'd leave for work i'd be yeah. asleep but it'd be a note would be there for you yes there was a swedish fish stuck on the taped to this card taped to the door so i couldn't miss it even yeah. though i'm capable of missing many things yeah and it said it's official i love you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was pretty funny <laughs> there were there was like a week of those candy yep. love puns candy puns yeah yeah we were meant to be that That's, was a good that one was fisherman's friends i think altoids maybe altoids yes it yes. was meant to be that's right um i don't remember there was a reese's pieces one like yeah. you make me fall to pieces or something. It wasn't as good. Oh, yeah. wasn't as punny. It wasn't as good as official. Official. I'm kind of surprised is the one that stuck, but it makes me so happy that it made oh, you so good. happy. That's good. That's, that's yeah. yeah. Inspired me to do dad jokes. <laughs> 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 Trying to, I'm chasing that, that one joke that you made. <laughs> uh, what's the German word of the week? 
Well, you sent me an article or uh, some beer breweries. Our friend Jason, who's been to every country, yes. is in Germany, and he sent me this thing that I then sent on to you. Yes, they, they are brewing a beer that they call Denunziant, uh, which is sort of related to the English denouncing. But it's uh, it's the people in usually repressive societies who inform on their neighbors. Snitches. How do you say S snitches. snitches get stitches off Deutsch? They don't. They're rewarded. And <laughs> Germans are a nation of snitches, and it's a problem, yes. It is historically a problem so for it was, your people. I mean, they, I think the, the brewery was pointing out that in the Third Reich, there was, you know, the people informing on their neighbors who weren't Aryan enough or weren't, you know, doing enough uh, of what the state wanted, but it was also in East Germany. It was also, you know, it's in, in any authoritarian country. You have people who denounce their neighbors. Denunciant. Denunciant. It, so I'm using Google Translate right now, and mm -hmm. it says, um, Speitzel becoming Steicher. Spitzel becoming Steicher. Spitzel. But a Spitzel is more of a spy. Ah. Or here's the alternative translation. Schnatze. Schnatze werden genäht. <laughs> Which it translates to snitches are sewn. Sewn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stitches. Like, okay, they they don't actually get stitches. They get beat up. <laughs> yeah. What What is schnatze? I don't, don't know. Schnatze. I don't... It just translates sure to snitches. Polish? <laughs> this, it says German. Maybe it's a type of bird. I don't know. Schnitz. It says Do some hubsch. research. Adjective. Hoops. Schnatze? Definitions of schnatz. Adjective, hübsch. Schnatz. Gut aussehend. Gut aussehend, hübsch. Aussehend, oh ja. Hübsch. 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 Hm. Ein, ein schnatzes Mädchen. Schnatzes. That's an adjective, which does not mean snitches. Huh. Anyway. Hm. Weird. Uh, bekommen Steiche. Stiche. 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 Mm -hmm. Which is to get poked. <laughs> get poked is that how you'd say like if i i cut my head and i needed five stitches no I, you'd say that muss genäht werden you don't the, the the concept of how many stitches there are i thought was always really weird in america it was new to me oh. people were like oh it's five stitches it's 12 stitches like anyone a and nobody knows what that actually looks like necessarily i think all americans know what that looks like i think they do um <laughs> but i i never heard of like you get you get sewn five times or whatever. You just said muskinate werden. It had to be. It had to be sewn. How many? How, it how much? It doesn't matter. We're not into that. That's we didn't. You Bingo, don't win. They don't ask how. They ask how many. You don't win a surgery. <laughs> you like literally in America. You absolutely do. Th that's dumb. On um, my favorite murder, they talk about um, you know how people know someone who committed a murder and then they won't turn them in, and they're like snitches get stitches is dumb. Snitches get candy. So they'll always be like, snitches get and candy. candy. <laughs> so maybe you could say that auf Deutsch. Well, except that that plays right into this denunciant thing, which is bad again. So denunciant becoming if it's po political, you know, denouncing, that's bad. If it's somebody's an asshole and you denounce them, that's okay. okay. Snitch on them is different than denunciant. Denunciant. Very, mm -hmm. It sounds very French. Is it borrowed from French? Probably. Yeah. You got to few of those could be italian 
No, Italian words. Denunziata. I was going to say, Italian words almost exclusively end with a vowel. Well, I mean, it's Germanified, but, you know, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, you do borrow a lot of French words, though. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not as many as English. Only ones, the so. fancy ones. Denunciant. Denunciant. Serviette. Serviette. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's German. from Serviette. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, it's time for Ingo Corner. What do you got? Anything? Oh, I don't, I don't have anything that I'm going to get into today. Okay. We'll save it for next time. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, if you ordered a guaco pin and it has not come to you yet, drop me a DM or an email and I will check into it and find your tracking number. Um, in fact, if you've ordered anything and it hasn't come to you, someone just DM'd me and they're like, you know, I never got my Voods medal. We got backup Voods medals. Let us know if there's anything that you have ordered that hasn't come and we will ship you out some more of it. But no Vanks. We're only, we're keeping our Vanks. We have one and she belongs to us. Yes. Defective as she is, she's ours. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. And until next time, Salava Ukraini, and don't put anyone in unless they ask you to. And they can ask for it without saying it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>